1: Love talk radio. Hey, this is luxury healing, baby. (laughs) Luxury healing means that we mind the business that pays. I'm not going to be out here spending a bunch of money on things that are just going to make me sad and I'm going to have fires or more. I'm going to spend the money on things that make me feel good, people that, you know, make me feel good, and going places that make me feel good, and, and things that resonate. Living is a luxury, don't you think? We're talking about luxury healing, some of us didn't even make it to hear this show. So I think that we all need to be cognizant of the fact that just to be living is a luxury. So when we talk about luxury healing, it's not always going to be cute, it's not always going to be free. Healing costs money. You think jail don't cost money? <laughs> and when you're in an unhealed space and you go to jail, that costs money. You know? When you're in an unhealed space and you're doing things. You know, to your kids, or you're you're not paying your child support, you're not paying your dues in the community. Those things, in the end, will cost you money. That's a luxury that a lot of us don't have. here. Y'all know I have some Angela Wimbush for my uh church, but y'all know I'm not technology savvy and I don't know how to um upload that myself. Like it's there but I don't know how to make it play automatically so I just I just don't so <clears throat> we are out of Black History Month, y'all. It was an embarrassing month for us, but it is definitely March first. We getting ready to start going into airy season Not that in end Punk self Pisces season So emotions are Charged Emotions are High And y'all know I just got back From uh, California I went out there To see my niece And um, she's doing A well lot out there she's, she's out there She's a nurse She's thinking About her business Ideas Things she can do To help people And um, This is For two weeks Prior to that Y'all heard me Talk about mercury Retrograde And I was like Oh I'm good Because I don't Have no exes That's trying to Come back Or So I thought, you know, nobody calls me, nobody's paying attention, but, like, this time, this year, with everything in Pisces, and Pisces is the ruler of illusions, basically lies, because that's all they do, and they have water signs, too, but they're, like, the bottom of the barrel, so the Cancer is the cardinal water sign, and then there's Scorpio, because they're known for their tricks of the trade, and then you have Pisces, so... You know, I was getting sore. I remember I was like, you know, I was being triggered. I was drinking heavily, and I didn't know, you know, because I'd be in the house. And um, all of a sudden, I get to L.A., you know, because I talked about that on my Tell the Truth Tuesday show. And everything is normal. You know, we see this great band. Everything is cool. And next thing you know, um, the day prior to that, the day prior to that, I was Triggered so bad that I'm like smoking hookah in a trap house with like one of my employees. Like, it's crazy. Like, when I say a trap house, I'm talking about like it was her friend's, you know, house. But just like inappropriate things that I should not have been doing, just on the strength of like any little thing could have happened which would have impeded me getting on that plane. The fault, like, I had already missed my flight that day on Friday because I had to be in court to help a young lady, uh, like I said, per the state. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to catch a 12 o'clock flight. It worked out. Then on that Saturday, I missed the early morning flight and ended up having to catch a noon flight. All of this because I'm being triggered and I'm just out just drinking and just doing whatever instead of just resting and taking that the rest of the day to myself. I deviated from my norm and went out because I don't go out. You know, just not just because of the drinking and driving, but just, like, I don't know, y'all. You know, I've I've been back in this city for 10 years, and I don't – I'll go to Toronto before I go out anywhere around here just because, like, I don't need no issues. I don't need somebody coming up to me like, oh, you said this on the Internet, and I disagree. Well, ma'am, I don't care. I'm here having my vodka, and you are bothering me. So – I do very specific things, especially as we get older in age. You know, you go to the same places because those are the places you're comfortable, you feel safe, really. So I had already been jacked up. You know, I'm on the flight looking like Denzel on flight, like when he, like, woke up the next day and they had to, like, give him, you know, all the drugs to wake up. So I'm already groggy the whole day. And so I end up having, like, a great weekend. Everything is cool. You know, I'm arguing With the person that I was with at the time You know literally minutes before I get on the plane I'm like this really can't get any worse Like it really just can't So then everything opens up Right And it's not even that I had such a good time There were just so many remarkable things And people that I met during that weekend That When I got on the plane to come home I was physically Like in tears Now I probably was also drunk But Also a trigger, you know, but this time I was drinking for joy. Like I wasn't drinking because I'm escaping something or I'm unhappy. I was drinking because I was happy. I was in good company. My niece is there. You know, everything's cool. And I remember like sitting on the plane, I actually posted a picture of it at Scott, which I've actually made my page private because I'm sick of y'all and y'all do too much. And the comments were just getting out of control, like little things like you're tagging me in and stuff like that. I don't want to see 90% of the stuff that y'all tagging me in. I don't. And I don't want you, you comment on it. Don't jump me into a fight and then get me to comment like the one about, uh, what's it called, Motherland, something about the Salem witches. Well, first of all, it's a fictional show. Second of all, You know, they're talking about the misrepresentation And there's not very many people of color in that production And I'm like, but if we're talking about Salem We have to only talk about one witch And that's Tituba Well, it's all fictional It's really not, okay Because I've been to Salem And at the end of the day I'm going to watch it Just because I want to see what they're saying Right So they they, they jump me into arguments about spirituality And things like that If you feel like you have a point to make You make the point Because I'm just going to come with the facts That's just it So... Um, there was that issue, so I'm on the plane, and I literally once again look like Elton John's stepdaughter. I have these big glasses on. It's you know 12 o'clock in the morning, going into Wednesday morning midnight. I'm probably gone off about six Tito's vodkas that have crept out of my system because I ate all them truffle fries because they were delicious, and um, I just started crying because it was it was the first time that I felt bad that I was leaving a city. Not a person, not a human, but an actual city because I felt like something changed when I was there. Now, y'all know I've been going back and forth to L.A. I actually have shows, if you go back enough, podcasts where we talk about me and my homeboy STL out there and just what we did last time we were in, in, in L.A. just the several times over the years I've been there. And never have I ever got on a plane home and thought to myself, where I'm going is not my home. Maybe it's time for me to, so y'all know that I was projecting that once my son graduated high school that we would be moving, you know, or I would be moving because I no longer I'm tethered to the city that I live in. I don't have to be here. I'm just trying to make sure he finishes out, everything is smooth and and so on and so forth, and so it just I already was had my sights on the West coast, but just not l a and um I just felt like. There, I was crying. I think because it was a growing pain. It was, it was saying, you've lived beneath your means for five years, really for ten. You've not been yourself. You've not put yourself on front street. You've kind of quietly did the work. 320 episodes. You've written six books. You've ghost written other things for people. You've done everything that you were supposed to do to keep your yourself relevant, and yet you still hide from people because, you know. Of course, y'all know that I can get up in front of crowds like that's not really a big deal, but really I'm like the most introverted extrovert ever, right? So I realized that I had outgrown where I've been for 10 years. And so now I have to start making choices and decisions that reflect that. I've outgrown some of the friendships that I have, you know, and I've outgrown some of the conversations that I was being jumped in. You know, I used to be the broad that really was arguing with people on the internet. You know, meanwhile, my opinion doesn't matter to you. Well, at least it shouldn't because I don't know you. So, you know, to hear other people talk about themselves being on the precipice of all this greatness and to see them doing the exact same thing that I was doing last week, like the drinking and then, you know, possibly driving and just putting themselves in a place where their narrative is never going to be heard because they ain't here no more or because they made a mistake or because now we're associated with a scanner because now we have a DUI or now we we hit somebody on a highway by accident. These are things that actually really happen that horrify me when I wake up sometimes in the past, like when I have just done too much. And we have to start paying attention to these negative entities that begin to come around. So I remember my Uncle Michael, he's the preacher, he told me, he says, um, you know, if your life was easy peasy, because I was wondering when I was going to start getting beat up just by life, you know, back in the 90s. I was at University of Pittsburgh, and um, he says to me, he was like 99, and he says, um, if the enemy, which we're talking about these negative deities, thought that you were uh, raggedy, he wouldn't even bother with you. If he felt like you were somebody that, is going to get a message out or speak to the masses, that's when you're 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 going to always be under attack by these negative energies, these demonic energies. So it could come in the form of promiscuity, it could of a woman. It could come in the form of alcoholism. It could come in the form of drugs. You know, all of these things are okay in moderation. let's we creative, we don't really know what moderation is, right? So we love super sickly hard. We hate Super sickly hard. We are very inner-out type of people, and so we get affected the most by these planetary movements and by you know different types of um, deities because we sense that, right? So that's part of what our job is: is to be creative and not only to be creative, to relate that narrative to everyone else. So someone says, "Well, why wouldn't you want to be in front of the camera?" And I said, "Because we've already started to control the visual." Of what we as African Americans and Latinos are putting out there. We've already started to control the visual. I want to be part of the, the the team that controls the narrative about what we're talking about and why we're not talking about it. You know, that's what um that's what I really want to do. So I come coming home and I try to decipher what I'm gonna do. And it comes to me that, you know, my decisions are very clear, the steps are ordered, and just if, if it's meant to be, it's going to be. So there was a series of events of things that happened this week that were made it very, very clear what I was supposed to be doing. So I was like, okay. So I wasn't even scared. I wasn't apprehensive. I was I was told to do certain things. I went and I did them, met with a little bit of pushback, but okay, nothing that can't be fixed. And we're on the path to doing what I said what I manifested a long time ago. But I wasn't ready. And so it always concerns me when I see people um so so we watch the E True Hollywood story a lot, right, back in the day. And we used to be like, Oh wow, this person was getting ready to do this and wow this person was getting ready to do that until they met this person and that person killed him or until you know, they were had an overdose or until they were in a car accident. So one of the tools that I use when I know that I'm about to be under attack because I know that something really, really great is getting ready to happen to me, the best tool and the most effective tool that I use is isolation. If I think you're trying to take something from me or the universe wants me to have something and I feel like some random, listen to me, When I'm traveling, especially even in a road trip, I stop at the same gas stations, I stop at the same time. Like, there is none of that, like, oh, I'm about to be out of gas, so I'm going to go off this route right here. No, because it would be, and I always tell people jokingly, like, it would be my luck that, like, Jack the Ripper would have been reincarnated just to murder me because I'm getting ready to take things to the next level. And so you have to be a little bit more, um, in tune with yourself when these negative entities come especially during growth because growth was scary and so i just had a growth spurt right so over the weekend doesn't mean like oh my god i'm just going to sell all my belongings and move to california no because that's what irresponsible people do and that's what young people do i am not young i am old as hell. So we don't do stuff like that. We make sure we we look and see like what is there to do and what can be done and is there work and is there opportunity. Because if not, we stay and do what we're doing until the opportunity presents itself. So when you see people that have the opportunity to do all these things and they're engaging in reckless behavior and also deviating from what their normal passage is, it's important that you let those people know Hey, you might want to go sit down. You might want to take, you know, like 16 less drinks. You may not want to get behind the wheel of that car. You may want to just go to work and go home. You may want to do. Go on a cleanse. Like this week I'm on a cleanse. Ever since I came back from L.A., I haven't had a drop of liquor. Haven't had the desire to either, which means I'm not triggered anymore, which means that whatever was supposed to happen, happened, right? Nothing monumental, you know, just some opportunity. So, for me, I can't eat off opportunity. So I'm going to nurture the thing that feeds me, of course. But at the same token, I also have to make sure that we are getting in position because then what happens is, is when you have this growth person, you're going to be pushed. And then I had like a very exciting thing happen for me this week, like literally out of the blue that I had manifested probably the year prior to that. And it had to do um, with some money, just like on some more, like just, You know, okay, that's that's what we're doing today, okay You know, and then I also The situation I told you guys about last week That happened at my job and things like that I found out I was actually one of the only people That was not duped by this particular person That um, there was an issue with at at my job That could have caused me to lose my job As well as other people Because there are other people that are being reprimanded Behind the situation that made all the papers So, in growth, because we've never been here before right now, everything feels scary and every, everything feels like, what am I supposed to do? So it's nice when you have somebody that can hold your hand through that growth, that can say, okay, well, this is, you know, what you need to be doing next. So I particularly don't listen to people because I feel like, why would I listen to you and you don't know anything? So it's nice when you can listen to somebody because they actually know more about something than you do. Now, you'll never hear me say that to these people's face, but I'm just saying it on air as an acknowledgement that if I'm depending on you to tell me what steps that I need to take, then I need you to depend on yourself or find the thing that's going to make you not be so triggered when you know that you have work to do when you know that there's a win over the horizon. They would love to write about a black woman in a car accident. They would love to write about a black man who was, you know, thrown in jail because he accidentally, you know, hit somebody with his car, he accidentally beat someone to death. They would love to write about it. They love to see it. And just me personally, I won't give you that satisfaction. Now, have I messed up? Absolutely. And I've done some things, and I've I've, I've rectified for that. But for the most part, when I know that there's breakthrough coming, you won't see me. No, you won't see me at nobody's bar. You ain't going to see me out drinking. You ain't going to see me nowhere you normally wouldn't see me. So growth becomes scary because we don't even know if we're going to win. We just know that we're growing. So it means that the space that we were in, we've outgrown that. So we can't keep doing the same. So that's why when people say, like, you acting brand new or you act in Hollywood, no, I'm acting accordingly. And it's not an act. This is who I am. And it's not, it's not, everything is about evolution, right? So if you're not evolving in your relationships with your friends, if you're not evolving in your relationship with your lover, if you're not evolving in your relationship with your husband or wife, why are you really here? Life is, is not supposed to just exist, you're supposed to be winning at something because those of us that are doing what we're supposed to be doing in our divine purpose, meaning like this is what we were put here to do. We were put here to write or we were put to create we were put here to build houses. We were put here to be mothers. You know, I would never want someone to think that she's a stay-at-home mom, that's, that that's it. That was just our purpose. No, maybe your purpose was to raise the next future kings and demigods and that turn into gods and everything else. So my hope is is that when you start to see these negative energies come around you like the girl that used to, you know, you know, make your eyes roll into the back of your head and you know you ain't seen her in a while and all of a sudden she shows up, you should know that's a trigger. It's a trap. You, it wants to. It's almost like the universe is saying, I want to give you this thing over here. I want to give you this, this Bentley truck, but I can't give you this Bentley truck because you're not even taking care of your Pontiac. You know, Or because you constantly beat up your Pontiac I want to give you this new man I do But you don't even trust in the universe enough To just go sit down and chill and say You know what Because cause a lot of y'all thought that my celibacy reign was about just me being angry at black men or Latin men and things like that. And it really wasn't. It was just really personally I felt dirty. Like I felt filthy. I felt like I was unloved. I was unhealed. I was abused. I was neglected. Like, And I'm not saying like anything. I'm talking about just myself. I did not see. I was not happy. And so until I felt happy, I went and I sat my black ass down. Until I was healed enough to say that I'm not going to take this out on the next man. That I sleep with or the next man that I choose to be with Which is the same thing Like if we, y'all know how I feel about that Like if we have sex we go together and that's it We're in a 5 to 10 year relationship And that is all So I can be mad at you, I can be upset with you As long as we're not disrespecting each other Like you cocksucker, you bitch Things like that, things can be mended, things can be fixed But once you start Neglecting me or you start Not giving me the love and the attention That I'm trying to give to you We are now at a disconnect and so a lot of problems in my relationship stem from the fact that there's growth, right? So if I go to this next phase in life, and if I'm dating someone and they're unable to come with me in this next phase, do you see how that relationship doesn't make sense to be in? If they can't do simple things like just even spend, you know, 20 minutes a day, just, just let's sit down, let's eat a sandwich together. If we can't break bread together, we, we can't get no head together. Like I, I can't, you know, um, put myself in a position where I'm feeling like I'm fighting for your attention or fighting for your time when my time is just is important and I get paid to, to, to talk. I get paid to write and I get paid to go to my job and do everything else that I do. So if I'm specifically out here working six jobs and being a mother, a very present mother at that, and I can take time out of my day to come see you or to meet you somewhere, to buy you something or to do something, and that's not being reciprocated, you know, we we have a disconnect. And so one of the major problems that we as human beings do is when we have disconnects with our friends, with our lovers, you know, with our employers or employees, a lot of us don't know how to get back to square one to say, look, I messed up, you know, I, I don't know where we stand right now, but let's have a conversation about it. And so what we do is we just let the relationship die. So my thing is this. I'm always going to be the divine feminine in the, in the relationship. I'm always going to be the woman in the relationship. And a lot of people laugh at me because I say, no, I let the men lead the relationship. And they're like, how could you? You're so boisterous. You're so, no, I let men lead. You call me every day and you text me every day, that's exactly what I'm going to do for you. Okay? You want to see me this many times a day, this many times a month, that's the exact same energy I'm going to give you. You start cutting things back, All you know, everybody hates a mirror. That's what my homegirl told me yesterday. All people hate a mirror. I don't because I give out the good vibes, so I expect to get them back. So if I don't and if you're low energy, that's fine. But then I'm a, as your woman, right, I'm going to try to figure out ways to fix it. But if I'm not your woman, it's not my responsibility, okay? Maybe I'm just here for the Scooby Snacks and the penis. I, I don't know. But if you're not even dropping off that, then I just feel like if we're at a disconnect, it's your responsibility as a man to fix that because men will always fix what's important to them. They will fix their watch. They will fix their hair. They will fix their car. They will fix all of the above. They will fix everything but the relationship that they're in so it doesn't end. So, like I said, it, it's not about ghosting, because a lot of people this year are going to say that I ghosted them. That's not true. What happened was you were at a disconnect, and as a grown-ass man, you were unable to fix or get back to square one and what was important, which should have been that you led with love. It shouldn't have been that you led with money. It shouldn't have been like, oh, we led with business. It shouldn't have been any of that. For the love of this or the love of you or the love of me, we led with that. And somehow, some way. We, we fell apart, and there's no apologies that need to happen. Listen, what can we do to get things back on track? Should be the only thing that anybody that cares about somebody else should be having a conversation about. It doesn't, it, you know, when people have a disconnect, it's not anybody's fault, but guess what? that's part, that's part of growth, you know. So several months ago, I was in a different space where the level of attention that I was getting, you know, from a beloved was like adequate. This is great. This is amazing. But now as I start, you know, you're supposed to grow in a relationship. You're supposed to be like, oh, I like this person more and this person is beautiful and this person is gorgeous and this person is smart and creative and funny. And then when you get to a place where you're just like, I don't even know this person because I haven't seen this person and it's not like they're working because work, I understand that. A paid man is a busy man. I understand that. But, when we are growing in our relationships, you have to start severing things. And it's the same way when you're out here in the world trying to make money or trying to do your crap. Certain things have to get cut off. So one of the tools, like I said, that I use, and you can use this in your relationships too, is isolation. If if you feel like you're getting ready to take things to the next level, and that level is being threatened by something that you're doing because just one little minute slip-up, and it's a wrap, then you can't do that anymore. You know, as I get older, I start to understand why, elderly people and older people take up gardening and they, they like spending time in their house and they had staycations and things like that. It's like, that's so weird and so crazy to me. Why wouldn't you want to do? And I understand now because everything is about peace. As you get older, everything is about is about peace. I literally know people that love to argue. Like, they love to fight. Like, that is just what they do. And I'm just not the bitch that you can have an argument or a fight with because you won't win. Because whatever it is that you're arguing with me about, I probably don't care I made my point I said what I said and it's done now Now if you would offer you know, some type of elaboration About what we can do to fix it Or mend it, I'm all ears But for the most part, if you're going to let something sit broken I'm going to let it do it too Because you know why, you're the man in the relationship So you men don't get to be the man And then not act like the masculine In the relationship And that's growth That's growth. I used to sit and argue with people, why, and, you know, want to have these exchanges and then realize that you really didn't even hear anything that I said because now you just want to have sex because, you know, it's attracted to you that I'm angry. Oh, you look so cute when you're mad. I'm not even mad. Like, I just, this is all childish to me. We're adults here, you know. So... Part of growth is being someplace where you've never been before. So if you've never had to look at somebody, and this is another thing I started doing, if you never had to look at somebody and say, you know what, I don't have enough information on this situation to to comment. That was a big thing that I had to start saying because I don't get into politics. I could tell you some things, but I don't get into politics. So when people are having these conversations with me, this is my exit out, and that's growth. That's gross because before I would just jump on everybody's bandwagon I don't have enough information about this to form an opinion A biased opinion, unbiased at that you know. So I want you guys to sit down and think about your triggers Think about, you know what, I'm eating a lot of candy this week Or you know what, I'm, I'm, out, calling my, uh, I'm out calling a bunch of my old hoes this week Because there's always the pride before the fall there's always the let me just go out and get lit And let me just call this dude back And let me just do this because I'm this and I'm that And next thing you know now my mug shot is up I don't do stuff like that It's just right now is a, still a time of isolation for me I have 320 shows that I have to edit Because guys, we you know, we're trying to get on iTunes Not trying, we are But we have to edit the shows to maintain um, the integrity Because the wording of it was a little bit different on my old shows But I want you guys to understand that when you're in your season of win, I think, and, you know, we can even talk about the Deontay Wilder and the Tyson Fury situation. Tyson Fury stuck to the facts, okay? And Deontay was this big spectacle, and he's doing all this, and he's talking all this trash. And I told you all before, had I known that Tyson Fury had mental health issues, especially dealing battling with depression and suicide, I could have told you that Deontay Wilder was never going to beat him ever in life. That's a different type of negative entity, but that's also an example, uh, the number one example I could think of ever, um, aside from Mike Tyson, which I know I love Mike Tyson, um, where, where you're using your demons to your advantage. You're using your demons to your advantage. You're saying, I'm summoning you because you've helped me when I was down and out before, and I'm summoning you to come in and handle these people, okay, and that's what Tyson Fury did. But this time, Tyson, if you watch the clips, because I actually watched the clips of him um, training out in Vegas, and he lost the weight, he did all that, but he didn't talk. He, he wasn't sitting up there talking trash and just assuming. He was like, no, I'm really going to go in here and I'm going to beat you down, and that's, that's that. So now we see Deontay Wilder making all these excuses as to why he didn't beat him, like my costume was 40 pounds, or well, so were the other three that you came out here looking a fool. Right? And sometimes you have to accept that part of your growth is saying, this is somebody that simply outdid me. This is somebody that simply outdid me two times and is going to do it a third time. That person is undefeatable. It doesn't mean that they are a better athlete than you. It just means that you lost. And so part of growth is also understanding when you lost. There are a lot of people, especially men, that thought that I was a certain type of woman, right? And then when they got in a relationship with me, they was like, oh, wait a minute. I thought she was just, you know, she just, no, yeah, I don't go out here, but I will go get on a plane. This is a bigger crisis for you. (laughs) See, I'm not going to, you know, go to the uh, Cincinnati Jazz Festival and that's like my highlight of the year. I'm not going to go on a cruise and that's the highlight of my year. I have highlights every day. So part of growth is understanding that sometimes the people that you thought that you were going to be in relationships with and you could control or that you, you know, were going to like or be with for so long because you don't know how to get back to square one because you didn't take the time to even get to know the person that you were dealing with. I've been here the whole time. I've not changed anything about myself. So, guys, I want you guys to understand that when you are in a series of wins, the number one best thing to do during the time when you know you're about to get that win is isolate yourself so that this way you're not, you're being attacked is what's really happening. When you see that you know you're supposed to be over here and you're over there, you have to figure out how you're going to get from this block to that block without getting hit by a bus because the bus is coming. So just like everybody else, I want to see you win. I hope y'all want to see me win. I'm sending positive vibes your way for the rest of the week. I will be on my Tell the Truth Tuesday show, and then y'all know I'm going to be back out Um, on the West Coast again on uh, Sunday. Hopefully I'll be in Vegas by then. I don't even like really announcing that stuff, but I got some surprises for you guys out there. But, guys, make sure that you just are in a series of win, you are in a season of win, and you're not going to do anything. You're not going to talk too much. We're not going to put out our energy and let people know what we're doing before we do what we finna do. Don't be the finna do type person. Don't be the finna do cat or broad. Just win. That's it. That's all you can do. Show up and win every single time.
0: This is the Eastside Johnny Big Redemption Light. Don't jump up. Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa.